find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I was born in the and welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, what is everyone talking about in the media all over? Of course, Osama bin Laden. And yes, we're going to talk about it too, but from a different perspective, one that uh, will, will be more accurate <laughs> and, uh, and more interesting and more in-depth, actually, than some of the things that are just continuously being repeated on and on, the same stories. Um, today we're going to be talking about Osama bin Gone, but terrorist hatred lives on. So, yes, the evildoer is dead, but we're not out of the crosshairs. My guest today is David Rubin. He is the author of the book called The Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America in the Age of Obama. Um, We are speaking to him from, he is in (laughs) Israel. We're connecting to Israel to hear the story, to hear the Israeli perspective on Osama's death, and also to just hear more in depth about, you know, what the whole, what the whole, uh, story of terrorism is aside from Osama bin Laden and aside from Osama bin Laden now being dead. So welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Good to be with you. Um, I should also say that, um, David is the former mayor of Shiloh, which is also in Israel, which is also known as the West Bank, and he is the founder of uh, the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, which is dedicated to easing the trauma of children who have been victims of terrorist attacks. And he began this after he and his son were wounded in a terrorist attack in Israel, and we'll hear about that too. But I want to start with, you know, um, I, I almost i am having trouble restraining myself from singing Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just about to refer to that, actually. Yes, it's kind it's of, you know... Incredible. I, uh, you know, I saw, I saw um, uh, one of the reports on the, on the American news, and uh, it, it looked almost like New Year's Eve. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and, and, and really the feeling was uh, that, you know, I, I just kind of pictured that broomstick <laughs> uh, you know, and and the, the the witch going up in smoke, and 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 that that was it, and you know, and then we're back to Munchkin Land. Well, uh, unfortunately, this is not Hollywood, 
And this, this is no Hollywood movie, and it, it, it maybe, perhaps, I heard that some people are working on a movie. Uh, maybe it will win uh, uh, an Oscar at some point. Probably. But, but but the but the problem here is that this is not Hollywood. This is this is the real world. It's it's uh, a very very uh, difficult and very painful reality. And uh, just as it, it took Winston Churchill and and Theodore Roosevelt uh, time to to come around uh, to the I'm not Theodore Roosevelt Franklin Roosevelt uh, some time to come around to the the understanding that Nazism. Uh, is something that needed to be confronted. Uh, actually, Winston Churchill um, came around a, a bit sooner than Roosevelt, uh, but but at some point they realized that it had to be confronted. Uh, that that there were painful realities and and uh, no isolation, uh, no isolationism was going to solve the problem. Uh, it's, uh, it's like you know, you know I'm originally from uh, a place called Brooklyn, New York, that some of your listeners may have heard of. Um, and you, you know, I, I grew up in public school in, in New York, and I had been living in Israel for almost 20 years, but I'm still very much a, an, an American. And 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 when I grew up in the, the schoolyards of Brooklyn, uh, if, if there was a bully and he confronted you, well, you, you had better be prepared to fight back, uh, because if you didn't fight back, then you were going to get beaten up pretty badly. And, and nobody was going to help you out. Uh, so th- this this is the reality that we're facing today. And uh, and mind you, it's much more serious than uh, just a bully in a schoolyard. Uh, yes. Well, was... before we leave the the idea of the ding dong, the witch is dead. You know, one of the things. I mean, of course, it's it's you know, of course, it's a great um, conquest, a great. Uh, you know, it was. I mean, it's way overdue, but we finally. It, it certainly is. Is will have saved millions or countless. We don't know how many, but countless lives. Um, that Osama is dead, but it really disturbed me. Like you said, New Year's Eve. What it reminded me of also was um, 9/11, when they showed pictures. The news showed pictures in the Middle East where people were cheering. About nine eleven happening. Do you? I'm sure you remember that. But did you think oh, about sure. that uh, too? Uh, yeah, it was going. It was going on uh, just uh, a few miles down the road from here in the neighboring Arab village. Hmm. Uh, they 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 were handing out candies in the streets uh, to celebrate the death of three thousand Americans. Uh, they, this this is what they do. This is this is how the Islamic world views the West. Um, yes, but I mean, it was so. Didn't it bother you a little bit that Americans, uh, when bit. the death of o- Osama was announced, that Americans acted in this same way? Uh, no, no, um, and uh, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, even even though we we believe in in Judaism, we we, ha- we have a belief that uh, that everyone is created in God's image, even. Uh, even our enemies are created in God's image, and um, you know there, there's um, a story told uh, of um, the splitting of the Red Sea. That that when when you know, Moses uh, raised his staff up in the air and he uh, and the, the Red Sea parted, uh, the Israelites went through 
to escape Egypt, and then the Egyptians came running after them, and they were engulfed in in the in the water as it uh, came back together. Yes. Um, and there and there was there was some of, some of the women started celebrating and um, you know playing their their instruments and uh, singing singing songs to celebrate uh, the the death of the Egyptian mm. uh, the Egyptians and. Uh, uh, so there, there's a story that's told that uh, that a, a message came down from the heavens. You know, why are you why are you celebrating the death of my my creations? Mm-hmm. Um, even though they were were the arch enemies of of Israel. Yes. Uh, so uh, so th- there's a lesson to be learned from that, obviously, and that's the reason why the the story is told um, that um, that even when an enemy uh, is killed. Uh, we 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 have to keep the rejoicing within bounds, um, but 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 at the same time, it is clearly an act of justice when when uh, uh, one of the worst terrorist leaders in history is killed. Yeah, uh, it's, it's certainly certain. There's no question that justice was done, um, but but of course, uh, as I said earlier. Uh, I think that the celebrations are a bit premature. Yes, yes. Why don't you go into that? Um, because, yes, you know, I, I, I don't think you know, but I wrote a book called Coping with Terrorism, Dreams Interrupted. And um, it was actually published in, in the U.K. Um, and on the first anniversary of the 7-7 attacks, their equivalent of 9-11, and... Um, and I talk about how we are in, and it's still true today, uh, and possibly more true. I mean, you know, I'm concerned about the same thing, everyone thinking that now we don't have to worry about terrorism. I talk about the denial that we're all in, that we have been affected, we've been uh, scarred by 9-11, whether we were in New York or lost someone or we were wherever in the world, I mean, particularly in America, of course, but um and we need to be more conscious of how that is affecting our everyday choices you know from work to uh love and 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 the obesity epidemic where people are stuff, stuffing themselves with comfort food and all of that it's really responsible for so many things that have that have happened after that and so yes i am concerned that um the death of obama obama i do that all Osama. I've made the mistake as well. Yes, I know. It's the, the irony of this we'll, will, is we'll, going we'll down call, in history we'll, and will have a significance. We can call it a Freudian slip. Yes, right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the death of Osama, will, for those people who are already in denial, will give them another reason, a rationalization, to continue to believe, well, now we don't have to worry about terrorism. So tell us why we do. Okay, well... First of all, uh, uh, relating to what you said uh, a moment ago, uh, and I uh, perhaps we could speak about it a little bit later in the program. Uh, we have experienced that uh, the, those effects of terrorism uh, that that you're referring to. Okay, it's known as uh, post post trauma uh, stress disorder, um, and, and we know it well in Israel. And, uh, and it, it is certainly a, a very legitimate, uh, a very real problem, let's say, um, that um, that we're all confronting, and many people are confronting it, and they don't even realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
so so when I saw the people, uh, you know, just celebrating in the streets and you know this um, jovial atmosphere, um, I was thinking, yes, I understand them. I understand them psychologically. I understand them. Uh, it's it's like getting getting hit over the head over and over and over, and and feeling helpless. Yes. Uh, pe- people people have felt that they had no control over this problem of terrorism. Yes. Um, but we we in Israel, who live in a little country about the size of Delaware, don't have the luxury of looking at things through rose-colored glasses. Uh, we're we're dealing with a very serious enemy here. Uh, we are we're dealing with uh, an assortment of of Islamic terrorist organizations uh, that that seek our destruction, and by the way, seek the destruction of the West as well. Um, and they and it's not just uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, there, there, there's been this fixation on Osama bin Laden. As, as if killing Osama bin Laden will solve the problem. It won't. Uh, uh, bin Laden and, uh, and Al-Qaeda, as well as the Hamas, as well as the Hezbollah, as well as Islamic Jihad, as well as the Fatah, as well as the, uh, all of the other, the Taliban, all the other Islamic terrorist organizations around the world, uh, they have spread their wings around the world, uh, on the internet, in the in the towns and villages of every Islamic country, and and many of the Western countries um, in in Europe, uh, where where Islam is being a, a fifth column is becoming a fifth column within the many of the European countries. Uh, this is a very real and present danger to the Western world, and. I, one reason why I wrote my book, The Islamic Tsunami, is because I wanted to wake people up about this. I, I, I see it as a, a very, very serious danger, and one that uh, that people would, would do well to uh, to read about and to find out about. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people here don't understand or don't really want to know much about or, you know, kind of putting one's head in the sand um, the changes that are happening in Europe, as you mentioned. I mean, I went to medical school in Belgium, and I lived in France, in Paris, and uh, just over the years, I have seen the tremendous changes. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, this is a long, well, you can talk about this, but this is, a, this is in the Koran. This is not something that was invented by Osama bin Laden. Um, you know, this is a, an intent to kill all non-believers that goes back... Um, for many, many, many years, and isn't going to go away because Osama is dead. Well, we're going to be back. Uh, we're talking about Osama bin Ghan with my guest, David Rubin, the author of The Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America in the Age of Obama. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? 
You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired very fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Carol's Couch, I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about Osama bin Ghan, but terrorist hatred lives on. My guest is David Rubin. He's the author of the, the Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America in the Age of Obama, um, who shares apparently a lot of the concerns that I have about people, especially now in the wake of Osama's death, um, the, the risk of everyone saying, ding dong, the witch is dead, you know, and thinking that we can all just be happy and go about our business and not worry about terrorism anymore. Um, and, you know, presumably that is that is part of the message of your book, The Islamic Tsunami. We were just talking before the break about um, the plan, you know, the, the Islamic plan um, to take over the West, you know, which is this tsunami, this gradual tsunami. Tell us a little more about that. Well, I, I refer to in my, in my book, I refer to two Islamic tsunamis. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, the, the title of the book could have been the two Islamic tsunamis, but okay, I came up with the title, The Islamic Tsunami, uh, and the, the two Islamic tsunamis that I'm talking about here are, uh, the, the first one is the terrorism, it's the Islamic tsunami of terrorism, the spread of terrorism uh, throughout the world, uh, starting in the Middle East, aiming specifically at Israel, and and uh, as a secondary target, aiming at the at the West, at Judeo-Christian civilization, and, uh, and that is the first Islamic tsunami. The purpose of that first Islamic tsunami is to frighten people and to intimidate people, so that they will be afraid to speak out once that second Islamic tsunami uh, hits and becomes evident to everyone. Uh, that second Islamic tsunami being the attempts to change Western civilization through demography, through the media, 
through uh, all kinds of uh, nonviolent threats and and through the legal system, trying to change uh, the United States and the West from uh, from Judeo-Christian society into uh, an Islamic society. And it, and if it becomes an Islamic society, by the way every non-Muslim will become a second-class citizen. And, of course, every woman will become a second-class citizen. So this is a threat that people should be very, very concerned about. And the killing of of one leader, no matter how horrible he was, is not going to stop that threat or make it go away. Yes, and, of course, we're actually, we've been seeing the... uh... Uh, the beginnings of that. I mean, so essentially, what you're saying is the first tsunami is the is the killing and the you know the the, the uh, suicide bombings and so on to make people afraid. And then the second part is what's already begun happening. You know, these lawsuits against um, uh, you know claiming discrimination for if if you're not able if you're you're not able to um, wear the veil and so on is that or 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 if you're seem to be pinpointed on an airplane flight um, you know then there's all kinds of lawsuits trying to trying to get people to be afraid uh, to to say something about it that it's politically incorrect right or, or these charges of of what they call Islamophobia yes um, I mean you're you're a psychiatrist you um, you know that a phobia is is an unrealistic uh, unrealistic fear and right. and, and uh, anxiety uh, in general is refers to unrealistic fear uh, that that people have uh, the the fear of Islam is a very real fear uh, it's a, a very very real fear that is based on countless terrorist attacks uh, just ask any any uh, one who's lost a family member or a neighbor or a teacher. Uh, from the terrorist attacks at uh, 9/11, or, or just ask any of the, uh, the, the, the any of the uh, eight children in, in my neighborhood, uh, any any of their families uh, about the scars of Islamic terrorism, uh, the eight children in my neighborhood who have been killed in in terrorist attacks. All all of them, actually, there, there, there were more than that, but those those particular ones all live in the same neighborhood. Um, so the, I mean, the, the scars are so great, and it's a very real, realistic fear. Well, uh, there, there is no such thing as Islamophobia. Right, right. Yes, I see what you're saying. Absolutely, that uh, right. That it's not unreal, unrealistic. Um, before I want I want you to tell us about your own experience, your own journey from Brooklyn to Israel, and and you're having stayed there for all these years. But before that. Um, is there any, you know, here we were, at least for a while, or I don't, you know, we've been on somewhat high, uh, higher alert, expecting or anticipating or preparing for uh, retaliation. Has, what is the situation in Israel in regard to that after Osama's death? Uh, well, in, in this particular case, it's clear that, uh, that it was the United States military that carried out the attack, so... Uh, so I don't think anyone will be retaliating against Israel. However, uh, I, I, I've been saying this over and over so that people will understand it clearly. Uh, the, what, what they're calling retaliation, 
and we we've seen this after other attacks where Israel has um, has targeted uh, the Islamic terrorist leaders. Uh, they always talk about retaliations, and they always say that they're going to avenge the blood of their uh, their their leaders, or as a, in this case, uh, the Hamas terrorist organization here in Israel came out and they and they called for um, the, the, they said that they condemned the assassination and the killing of an Arab holy warrior. Okay. Uh, the Muslim Brotherhood came out with a similar statement. Uh, so th- they're always talking about uh, how they're going to retaliate, and uh, but it's really just an excuse for what they would be doing anyhow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've, I've never bought that line. Okay, so tell us about how a nice Jewish boy in Brooklyn <laughs> um, winds up in Israel for the rest of his life. Ah, uh, yes, a nice Jewish boy in Brooklyn who uh, who grew up in, born in, and um, raised in Brooklyn, New York. I uh, went to public school. I I, I grew up as um, what would uh, probably be called called uh, uh, just uh, an average uh, Jewish liberal from New York. Um, I, I I grew up on the on the cusp of the '60s and '70s, and uh, and I yeah, listened to rock and roll music. I had my drug experimentations and. Uh, uh, and uh, unlike President Clinton, former President Clinton, I did inhale. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so I, I, I did experience America. Certainly, I, I, I lived there until uh, I was uh, well into adulthood, and I, I moved to Israel almost twenty years ago. Uh, well, basically, were you married uh, at the time? I mean, I, it's a very long story, and it's in fact it's the first chapter of my first book, which is called. God, Israel, and Shiloh returning to the land. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but in short, I, I had certain experiences uh, with with people as far away as uh, as Morocco and and Europe and and the New York City public schools uh, where where I taught for a number of years. Mm. And and all of these experiences together. Uh, caused me to turn inward and and look at my, look for my roots, and uh, you know, like a lot of kids growing up in in the United States, a lot of Jewish kids. I always knew I was Jewish, but I never uh, never delved into the the meaning of that, or what it actually meant, uh, besides bagels and locks on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and um, and going out for uh, non kosher Chinese food on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. So all of this, um, I, d- I decided to explore, and I, and after a couple of years of exploration, I I started to to discover Zionism and discovered Israel, and I came to realize that there was uh, there was once a great civilization that uh, uh, that existed in in uh, Israel in the Middle East, um, and uh, there was there was a king named King David and a, another king named King Solomon and uh, uh, prophets named Samuel and Deborah and uh, and a whole host of uh, um, historical figures who lived in Israel and and built a great civilization. So, uh, we, we, which of course is the core of the Bible, uh, which which became the core of Christianity in the West. 
So, so uh, were you were you married when you went to Israel, or no? I was single. I was okay. single. I mean, that's that, a big decision. To or did you just go to um, first to just have a trip, and then you decided to stay, or did you make the decision to move there just completely? No, fr- frankly, I I I had my my period as I described a couple of years of exploration, and when those couple of years of exploration. Um, once it had convinced me that I that I I I needed to uh, to that there were ramifications to the to that return to roots and and I I, I decided that I wanted to live in Israel and at that point I went for a visit and I went for another visit and, and it took me several years until I actually made the move uh, now now it's it's interesting to note important to note. Uh, that uh, that I moved to Israel. I didn't move from America. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I, you know, I, I loved America. I still love America. I still consider myself to be an American patriot, uh, even though I, I'm also an Israeli patriot. And I, I don't think that there's any contradiction between the two. Um, and I, I am a dual citizen. Uh, so I... I Israel is a, is one of the great idealistic stories of our times. Uh, the, the 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 return to the land of Israel to build a, an idealistic and uh, model nation. And you were with your three year old son involved in a became victims of a terrorist attack. Tell uh, us yes, yes, how... that that was after after I had already served the community as uh, you know when I, when I moved to Israel I got very involved in. Uh, uh, as I told you, you know, it's a very idealistic country, and especially the the Jews who moved to Israel uh, from the United States tend to be very idealistic, and I uh, and I became very involved, and very involved in uh, improving the educational system, and and uh, do, doing a lot of things that I could. Eventually, I became the mayor of Shiloh, and uh, which we call Shiloh in Hebrew, by the way, uh-huh. and and I. Uh, it's it's in Samaria. It's in the area that they call the West Bank, um, which is actually a misnomer. Uh, it's a term that was created by the Jordanians uh, just in 1948 when they uh, when they occupied uh, those territories from 48 to 67. In the Six Day War in 1967, uh, Israel won won back those areas, uh, where which are the historical areas that. Uh, that um, most of Jewish history uh, is reflected in those areas, in uh, what they call the West Bank in Samaria and Judea. Uh, so, uh, so I moved to, to to Shiloh or to Shiloh, uh, and and that's where where I am today, twenty years later. And tell us about the attack. How did you wind up? Well, that was that was um, about nine years ago. I was um, you know, we we had. Had a, a recent spate of uh, terrorist attacks. Uh, we we just saw family after family uh, being afflicted with this this terrorism. And uh, well, my, actually, my wife and I had stopped traveling together uh, because we we had seen several families where in which both parents were killed mm. in terrorist attacks at the same time. And we said that we didn't want to orphan our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
we just stopped driving and uh, together and uh, there were people who were in bulletproof vests and helmets when they would go out to work in the morning and hmm. um, you know getting into their private cars try and imagine that um, uh, hmm. getting into a private car in um, you know say, say in Los Angeles California and and um, you know putting on a bulletproof vest and a helmet hmm. to, to go to work I mean it's it, it, it's just a, sort of a surreal uh, situation. Yes. And th- this is what people were facing at that time. Uh, well, one, one day I, I, I went to Jerusalem driving in my private car and uh, with my three-year-old son buckled behind me. And we went to Jerusalem. We had a, uh, I had a toothache and I, and I had to get to the dentist to, to see what the problem was. I took him with me. And uh, the dentist said that the, he doesn't see anything wrong, and and uh, so we we just went out for lunch. Uh, we got some burgers and fries, and uh, and um, we we went uh, uh, got some hair got haircuts while we we're in Jerusalem, and then we started heading back home. Uh, so we're we're driving back on the, the dark country road. Uh, it was on the the last day of uh, the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Hmm. Actually, and uh, uh, but it, it was nighttime already, and uh, halfway home, suddenly there's a massive hell of bullets on the car. Uh, the car went completely dead. I saw four orange sparks in front of my eyes, and then the bullets started flying. Hmm. Uh, the bullets were flying, and I felt a, uh, one of those bullets uh, go into my left leg. And the blood started coming out almost like from an open fire hydrant. Hmm. And the uh, terrorists were still shooting. I remembered that I had my three-year-old son sitting behind me. I turned around to him, and he was buckled in the baby seat. His eyes were wide open, and his mouth was wide open. I asked him if he was okay. Uh, my son's name is Ruvain, or what well, we call him Ruby for short. And... Uh, I said, Ruby, are you okay? His eyes were wide open. His mouth was wide open. He looked like he was trying to scream or to cry, but mm. no sounds were coming out. Like Munch's uh, The Scream, the oh, painting. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, um, I didn't see any blood on him, so I assumed that he was just that he was okay, but I, I knew that I had to get to an ambulance real fast because uh, I was losing a lot of blood. I tried to start the car, turn the ignition. I tried three, four times to get it to start. It was dead. It was like a... You know, a, a car on a cold winter day. Finally, I, 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 on the fifth or the sixth try, the car started. It started as if it had never had a problem starting before. I hit the gas and I drove as fast as I could to get to the next community up the road uh, where I hoped I could get an ambulance. And I uh, f- finally, I, I got there. And uh, the whole time I'm hitting my CB radio to the security services trying to get hmm. through to them and there was no reception in that area hmm. and I was losing tons of blood well finally we got there and uh, I got an ambulance and um, <clears throat> uh, to come to come to near the car and they, they took my son out and they realized that he had been shot in the head oh my god that a bullet had gone into his head where the skull meets with the neck causing a skull fracture and internal bleeding in the cerebellum and oh, uh, they they quickly put an oxygen mask on his face, wrapped his head with bandages, and whisked both of us uh, into the, the ambulance and took us to the hospital in Jerusalem. 
where I was pronounced the 1,000th victim of terrorism uh. in Israel to be hospitalized just in that one hospital in that previous year and a half. Wow. So you, you can uh, multiply that by many. Uh, but the... Uh, why was I told that? I was told that by the public relations director of the hospital. He said the media is massing outside this emergency <laughs> Oh, my room, God. Uh, because they want to interview the 1,000 victims of terrorism. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, the 1,000th person at Disneyland to get, you know, you get all these, yeah, all these I mean, freebies. I, I, I this is a little bit more tried. serious uh, than that, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I could laugh about it now a bit, but uh, at that time it didn't seem very funny. It was kind of strange. <laughs> Uh, but but when he said uh, that his job is to protect my privacy, mm. uh, I thought about it for a second. I thought of all of the people who had been so traumatized by the terrorism, and I said, no, you bring them in. I have what to say to them. Mm. And I've been telling this story ever since. And I, I tell the story uh, not because of our personal trauma, because there are so many families who suffered worse, and I tell it not because I, I have uh, a political message to deliver, even though I obviously have my own opinions, uh, but I, I tell it because it's just a miraculous story um, that was kind of put in our hands. Uh, I mean, the terrorists were shooting from the right side, and the bullets missed my, my right leg, uh, but, but hit me in my left leg. So I was able to drive my automatic car. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get to the ambulance, and the bullet that, that went into my son's head and through his neck missed his brainstem by one millimeter. Oh, wow. Um, so, so, you know, and of course, the fact that the car started was just uh, another amazing miracle, and we, we got to safety. And a couple of operations later, and uh, a lot of psychological trauma therapy for my son, and we, we survived. But uh, when he came back from the hospital, he was waking up screaming every night. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I realized that something had to be done to, to help the children who were yes. being so traumatized and we'll, and, and we'll get into that and what you did do when we come back. We need to take a break now. My guest, who just told us an amazing story right from, uh, right from the trenches, so to speak, of Israel. Um, this terrorism is real, you know, certainly... Certainly, uh, that's, this story should convince you of that. Uh, and it's not just Israel. So, we'll be back. My guest is David Rubin. His book is The Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America in the Age of Obama. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. 
Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ah, life is good. We don't need to worry about anything. We've got a rock-solid government to make sure all is well. Our dollar and financial future are strong, and everything is going to be okay. Think again. We're in a financial crisis, and our government and financial systems are failing. You need to prepare and protect yourself and your family. Tune in to The McHale Report with Karen McHale. Our program will tell you exactly what needs to be done right now. Listen every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And get set. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Rather uh, moved by the story we have just heard from my guest, David Rubin, who's the author of The Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America in the Age of Obama. We haven't even gotten to Obama. I'll have to have you back on to talk about that. Um, but the sto- I was during the break, I was asking David about why the um, terrorists didn't surround the car um, uh, since the car, he was having trouble getting the car started again. And he was describing how they they had traces on the bullets, which lit up where the bullets went, essentially. And they would have known that uh, they got them, that they got his son, of course, which would be the cruelest way of, uh, you know, getting to his heart, and and also that they got his leg. So, but it is, I mean, also you can look at it as sort of a miracle of God, and that you were spared to uh, write books like the Islamic Tsunami to to warn people about uh, about the horrors of terrorism. And tell us about what you did. Well, I was asking also during the break, and I'll ask you now, um, what, I mean, what happened to your son? What was the recovery like for your son? Uh, well, my, my son has had a full recovery. It was, it was, you know, he had a couple of operations and uh, a lot of, several months of psychological trauma therapy. Uh, but but he uh, he survived and he's doing well today. He's in seventh grade and uh, uh, working very hard in school and and um, and uh, you know it's an all around boy. Hmm. And we're you know we're we're very thankful for that. Yes, I mean not only of course was that barely escaping physical problems, but to have a, a psychological trauma like that at age three. 
you know, is very has a, can have a very profound impact. So yes, I'm sure he needed all the years of therapy, and that caused you to found an organization that you can tell us about. Uh, yes, well, as I as I said, when we saw the psychological trauma, uh, my wife and I realized, well, something has to be done because the all of the children. Uh, suffered from that tra- from that trauma. The, the, there is not one child in in our community that that has not had a, either a sibling or a parent or a, a friend or a neighbor or a teacher killed or wounded in a terror attack. Everyone has has been affected, hmm. and that's that's the real meaning of PTSD, of post trauma stress disorder. And and they, you know, children are different than adults. Uh, an adult that suffers from trauma uh, can can go and sit down and talk with the therapist and uh, kind of talk it out mm-hmm. uh, a lot easier than children do. Uh, a, a child will just bury it inside uh, because it's just too painful and too too overwhelming for for the child to confront, and uh, and also they don't have the verbal ability that adults yes. do. Uh, so. Uh, with children, uh, they need the tools. They, uh, and what 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 I did after I started uh, the the Charlotte Israel Children's Fund, um, and you know that alone took time because I had to figure out how to start a nonprofit organization and uh, get the tax exemption in the United States as well. And uh, the the way that you heal trauma in children is by using intermediaries, uh, the intermediaries of animals and, and music and art therapy and therapeutic horseback riding. Um, we built a petting zoo. And all, all of these, this is what the, some of the therapists describe as intermediaries, uh, that, that it, it helps to open up the children uh, to the therapist uh, so that they can do their work. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we found that it's been tremendously successful. We, we, we built a therapy center uh, for all the children. We, we built a horse farm, and, and the children are being healed. We, we see it with our own eyes. It's just a, a tremendous thing. And, you know, I've, I've had people um, from the media come to interview me, and they uh, sometimes they'll ask the question, well, well why would you live there and, and yes i was just thinking about that yes that. uh so and my answer is always uh that we believe that life uh life has meaning and and we have some very strong values and and one of those values is is our our patriotism and our our belief that the land of israel was given to us uh, by God, and and that it, and that it's all through our history. We 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 see that uh, that it's ours, and we have a responsibility to create a, a light unto the nations in the land of Israel. But uh, that doesn't mean that we abandon the responsibility to our children, and and we have a responsibility to them. And these are children who are uh, being raised with a very strong understanding of who they are and and why they're. You know why they are in Israel, and and they 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 believe in it very strongly themselves. They 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 have stronger idealism and Zionism than I do, hmm. actually. And but but we have to. They're, they're still children, and we 
and we have to help these children. And I, I, I go out speaking uh, uh, around the world, and you know, especially in the United States, about what we're doing. And I invite people to partner with us and to uh, to contribute towards towards the Shilo Israel Children's Fund. And uh, many people do. And have you? Is your wife Israeli? My wife is well. My my wife is actually born in in the United States, also uh, originally from New York. Her her father is a native Israeli, and uh, and her grandparents are um, about six or seven generations in 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 Jerusalem. So you've taken, I presume, your children to America on various trips, right? Oh, sure. They've been to they've been to America. They're bilingual. Uh, totally bilingual. So, did, and they've never they've never said to you uh, or asked you why are we living in such a dangerous place when we could move back to America? Uh, well, well, they've never lived. Well, in America. I mean, move to America. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, for you, it'd be we moving got married back. Right. In Israel, and and they're they're all born in right. Israel. So, um, uh, there there were one or two points at which, uh, as as young children, they. You know, fascinated by uh, by Disney World or th- things like that, they uh, they would say, "Wow, this is, you know, America is just a dreamland." You know, they 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 would come on on vacation, you know, to America, and they, and uh, when you're on vacation, you do only fun things. With yes. Uh, so, uh, so so th- there were comments like that once or twice. Uh, now that my children are uh, at least a couple of them are teenagers and and well into the teenage years. Uh, they they would never leave Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just love Israel and they feel totally attached to Israel uh, in a, in a way that uh, uh, that uh, myself I, my my passion for Israel comes from uh, from the idealism and from my understanding of of the history uh, and and the the meaning of struggle for for something that you believe in. Uh, but my my children's uh, my children's passion for Israel doesn't just come from that, but it also comes from an uh, integral uh, feeling of belonging. Yes, of course, absolutely. Um, so, what is just to what is the mood um, when when in Israel when there the, the news came of Osama's death? Um, what is the mood there? Of course, Israel is uh, has been focusing a lot also on. Iran, not just, I mean, seeming, Iran seems to be the, um, uh, seems to, seems to have been even an overshadowing danger than Osama bin Laden. But what kind of mood is there? We have a lot going on. It's, uh, uh, there's, uh, that overriding threat from Iran. Uh, there, but now, now we have the threat on the northern border in Lebanon from the Hezbollah terrorist organization. Which has taken power in Lebanon. Uh, we we have the the threat from uh, from the Palestinian Authority. Yeah. Uh, and here's a story that has not been covered in the West hardly at all. Uh, the uh, t- tomorrow um, on Wednesday uh, there is going to be a, a signing ceremony in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, right, right from the heart of the so-called pro-democracy movement, where there is now martial law uh, in Egypt, uh, there, there's going to be a, a signing of a unity pact between the Hamas terrorist organization and 
the Fatah terrorist organization, and those two terrorist organizations are, are the heart of the Palestinian Authority, hmm. uh, which was given autonomy, and and which has, uh, uh, well, they've, they've been pushing to have a, an independent Palestinian state established in the heartland of Israel. Mm-hmm. And this is something that uh, that President Obama has been pushing for and that uh, President Bush uh, pushed for before President Obama came to power. Uh, so this is this is um, this is another very threatening development. Uh, but but I, I I see it as a positive thing in a way uh, because it's a clarification. It's a, it makes it clear uh, that that uh, Hamas, what I've always been saying and what I wrote about uh, to some extent in the Islamic tsunami in the chapters about Israel, uh, that that all of these terrorist organizations are in cahoots. Uh, they they are all working together towards similar goals. Yes. And and here the 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 mask of of uh, partners for peace has been taken off the face of the Palestinian Authority, and we see them for who they mm-hmm. truly are. Yes, yes. And uh, of course, you know, Obama. How it is that uh, people didn't realize? I mean, how people. How Jewish people who have feeling for Israel, or anybody who has feeling for Israel, is not just the Jews, um, could have that elected him. I mean, there were many other reasons why one shouldn't have elected him, and I did tons of shows uh, trying to clarify some of those reasons. You know, having people on talking who wrote books and so on, talking about the dangers that Obama presented, um, and uh, and of course, I certainly hope that it's going to be clearer to people where his hearts, where his sympathies lie uh, in terms of creating this Arab state in the midst of Israel and so on, um, you know, which which really should have been obvious from before he was elected, but it certainly should be obvious now, and hopefully something will happen before before that can take place. But well, it that, is that, very that, dangerous. And, you know, I think that. going back to the death of Osama, mm-hmm. um, I I I know they've been trying to they're they've been working on this for years and trying to figure out where he was and all of that, but it just seems to be to me to be uh, a pretty you know pretty too coincidental that um, that that Osama was killed right when the media is beginning to heat up about the 2012 elections and right when Osama Obama. <laughs> Right when Obama um, had to, there was pressure for him to release his so-called real uh, uh, birth certificate, you know, and, and this was a great distraction from all of that. So I don't know. It just seems like too much of a coincidence to me to have happened now, and I, 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 I believe that there was a connection to um, Obama wanting to, wanting to have this happen to help his popularity rating. Oh sure. Well, let, let let me let me just point out one thing very quickly. You you, you mentioned uh, the Jewish support for Israel. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of Christian support for yes. Israel. Yes. In fact, I'm I'm going to be coming to California next week on a speaking tour, and uh, and uh, many of the places where I'm going to be speaking are churches. Uh, so yes. So there the, the, there is a strong grassroots support across the United States for Israel. Um, and, and that's something that President Obama is, is uh, certainly not a, a party to. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we've just gotten the two-minute warning. Um, I want you to have a chance to tell people where they can get your book, where they can find out more about the Shiloh uh, Fund, um, and so mm-hmm. on. So let's use this time for that. 
Okay, well, the, the, uh, my book, The Islamic Tsunami, and um, um, obviously the subtitle is Israel and America in the Age of Obama, but uh, we'll focus on the title. It's easier to remember. Uh, the Islamic Tsunami can be purchased on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's up there on Amazon, The Islamic Tsunami. They can go to uh, uh, also the website, which is islamictsunami.com, and they can order it through through the website on you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any of the uh, the popular sites. And uh, those who are not internet savvy can can just dial a phone number, uh, which is one eight hundred four three one one five seven nine. That's one eight hundred four three one one five seven nine. And they can just say that they want the Islamic Tsunami by David Rubin, and they'll have it within a day or two. Okay, and uh, in, also... In addition to that, the Children's Fund. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund uh, has a website as well, which is www.shiloh, that's S-H-I-L-O-H, israelchildren.org, shilohisraelchildren.org. Okay, great. They, I'm glad we got can, that they can in. find out lots of neat videos and uh, all kinds of information about the Children's Fund and the work that we're doing, and most importantly, how, how people can help. Absolutely. I encourage all my listeners to go check out these websites to get the book. This is so important, especially now. Terrorism is not dead. Only Osama bin Laden is. So um, please, we have to keep vigilant about about the threat and do something now because it's, it's still encroaching even without Osama bin Laden being alive. So thank you. My guest is David Rubin. His book again is The Islamic Tsunami. And uh, I think we've all, <laughs> we've heard a different face of terrorism and terrorist attacks through David's story, which we do not get uh, in the media in the West where, you know, the real... <laughs> the real blood and guts, literally, of what is really happening in Israel. Somehow that's glossed over. It's only the Palestinians that are being hurt, according to the American media. So thank you very much for uh, joining us, David Rubin, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.